Hello, 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 and welcome to the show at Wrestling Wet Entertainment, bringing you the latest exclusive breaking news, previewing and reviewing the latest shows from WWE, AEW, New Japan, and everything in between. I am your host, James J. As always, with me, Coleco Yachts. Reporting live from Mars, I mean California. Uh, what's up, y'all? And clear skies for Scooter Dust. Hey, let's all get naked and see who the best man is. I'm looking at you, Kip Sabian. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great day for wrestling. And it's also a great day for wrestling with entertainment. Um... We got a lot of views on uh on my well my video of dog, of me going into the supermarket and asking people who Darby Allen was. A very interesting study. I found it very amusing. I don't think the people exactly knew what was going on, <laughs> but that just makes it more interesting, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, it's the first time I ever actually saw your face, James. <laughs> <laughs> and you won't. He's like, a, again. He's like, I finally put a name to the face. A face to the name. So, unfortunately, my efforts were rendered useless. Nobody in the supermarket knew who Darby Allen was. Uh, Coleco, you're up next. What could we expect from San Diego supermarkets? Well, it's weird because San Diego is part of, you know, it's close to Mexico, which is where, like, the the wrestling culture is kind of a lot more feverish, if you will. But the section of San Diego that I'm in it's more affluent, if you will. So it wouldn't surprise me if people didn't know who Darby Allen was. And I'll give you this as an example. I'm, uh, I had a guy that was coming in my house, and uh, he came to our room, like, to fix something or something. And he, I have all this wrestling shit. So my wife was like, oh, my God, he's so into wrestling. Then she he walks in, and then he sees, like, the Undertaker plaques and all the belts, and he's like, "Holy shit, he is really into wrestling." So, <laughs> so it's almost like it's it's not as obsessive in San Diego, and it shows because you know they don't really do a lot of we don't get all the good shows, or good pay per views, if you will. So, yeah, really, L.A. gets that shit. What I'm really interested is when Scooter does his side of things, because you know, you know, in New York, yes, Darby Allen might be a little bit more established there because AEW's been up there a lot more than they've been down here. Yes, uh, and uh, (laughs) they've been there a lot more than the whole West Coast combined. (laughs) I mean, Darby Allen did. Probably the last uh, major gathering in New York. Uh, he was at the uh, 
2020 New York Toy Fair back in February. And I know he's got he's got a little bit like he's got more of a following in the mid Atlantic area because he came from Evolve. Okay. Evolve was in Georgia. No, Evolve. Um, That's in Jersey, right? Yeah. Uh, I know it was in the in Atlantic area. Yeah, Evolve. Evolve was was mainly mainly Jersey, uh, Mid Atlantic, Tri State area, Jersey, okay. New York, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's going to be interesting, to say the least. Um, not so good news. Um, Impact Wrestling lost uh, Barry Scott, who used the to voice. do yep. the voice of TNA, essentially. You know, TNA crossed the line. Um, which kind of sucks, because he was, you know, essentially the voice of TNA. Any uh, anything you guys want to add to that? He's up there with cheeks. Hmm. Nobody remembers cheeks. <laughs> Can't say that I do. Big heavy guys. <laughs> uh, oh man, this. Let's just get the DeLorean. Can we get the DeLorean <laughs> and just skip the 2022? Because I feel like this this shit's just going to be all over yeah. into 2021. We can get a Mandalorian, though. We yeah. can, because, you know, Mulan, Szechuan sauce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but you got to pay 35 bucks for it, so. <laughs> Dalton Pros go out to his family, and we also lost yeah. uh, Puppet the Psycho Dwarf. Any yeah, puppet which he worked with cheeks. Oh, there you go. There's your connection. There he's like, oh, there's the connection. There we go. There it is. Our dots and prayers go out to his family as well. Um shocking news this week. WWE laid off around seventy uh crew members and backstage people, uh, including long-time uh, uh, employee of WWE, Jerry Briscoe. This is a, not a great time to be in WWE, is it? Isn't it? Scooter? I mean, when, is, when, when has it been a great time to be in the WWE at all this year? Right. But, you know, they went from, you know, a massive uh, firing slash follow earlier in the year. And once again, they they, said, they cut 70 people, I heard. And, um, you know, and Gerald Briscoe is someone that, you know, Vince had a list of people who would always have a job. And 
and and Jerry Briscoe was one of those people. Now, you combine that with the fact that Vince has dropped off the list of, you know, richest, you know, CEOs. And that, that tells you the, you know, the declining financial state of how the WWE really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they they lost a lot of money this year, but they also still continue to make a profit. So you could maybe say that maybe these uh these firings were kind of unwanted, in a sense. Well, I think it the layoffs because usually when companies do layoffs, the layoffs is to offset the cost. To gain the profits, so it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, they turn a profit, yeah, that they turn that profit by trimming the fat of of their of their payroll. That's that's basic business. That's how most businesses operate. Um, to me, I feel like that they were trying to hold on as long as they could. Because they did that one mass firing, but then they furloughed everybody because they were hoping, well, shit, it gets to September, October, everything will be better, and we could, you know, keep it going and maybe hire some people. And as you can see, it's still it's September. We still fucking inside grounded, and they got to make those moves. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Hopefully, when if the several if the several goes away, like maybe some of these guys will get rehired. I feel like Joe Briscoe should have retired at that point. Like you've been there thirty years, your pension should be fat, and you're at least your four hundred one k. I mean, is it is the body shop still in business? I mean, if he's if if he's doing uh auto repairs, he'll never be out of business. <laughs> Shit. One of the better things to happen this week: Finn Balor won the NXT Championship for the second oh, time. Called it. Yes, you yeah, did. You called it. You called it. No, wait a minute. You said Adam Cole. You went with Adam Cole. No, no I went what? Adam Cole. I went Adam Cole. No, actually, no, I went Gargano. Because I thought Gargano, it would have made sense. Because they were kind of building him up to be like this guy that fixes NXT. Uh, But... (laughs) Now he's a house husband. Yeah, you know how that goes. The husband and wife thing. But I guess with Finn... Because my thing was, I thought Finn was going to go to NXT UK, take out Walter, and then that's that's it. But based on the travel restrictions, hey, it it kind of keeps him, you know, afloat as the champ and as a name. And it makes sense for him because he's one of the most popular stars. And NXT Plus, or in WWE, rather. 
And plus, like, since he got back to NXT, he hasn't really lost a lot of matches. So it kind of makes you seem like, how come he didn't get this shot earlier if they knew NXT UK wasn't going to pop off? And, and with the, you know, Survivor Series, you know, coming around the yep. way, I can see them possibly trying to bank on something between Balor and McIntyre. Hmm. Yeah, Bal- Balor and Reigns. Yeah, back your mouth. Because think about it, Balor, if I'm not mistaken, I think they faced each other. Yeah. Balor and McIntyre. In Raw, and I think McIntyre been owning his ass, but I, I know Balor. And Balor but I do remember uh, Reigns and Finn Balor actually won that match. Right, because that was yeah. the Universal tur- Tournament, and he was the first chip champ. Right. Um, NXT's been on Tuesdays for the last two weeks, uh, and they're already thinking about making that. Uh, a permanent home for NXT. What are your thoughts on, you know, NXT possibly backing out of the Wednesday Night Wars with um, AEW, Scooter? Um, I mean, if you if we, like, if we go back to like when you had Raw on Monday, SmackDown on Tuesday, NXT on Wednesday, combined with pay-per-view Sunday, that was four days in a row worth of wrestling. Five with an NXT takeover. Honestly, I think Wednesdays are a much better fit because... You're gonna at, at some point fans are gonna get overloaded, you know. So the, the spacing out in the in the week just you know allows the fans to you know m- like kind of mellow out a little bit. So you know whatever happened on Raw can, you know, lead their mind and they can focus on what's coming up on NXT and then that leaves their minds. They can focus on what was coming up on SmackDown and it's it's just it's a it's a nice flow having it Monday, Wednesday and Friday. So you think it's gonna maybe burn some fans out? Yeah, I Combined um, with, with, I'm pretty sure Tuesday is the, no, because right now, I mean, Tuesday is one of the most competitive nights on television. Across all the networks. Really? Um, yeah, and um, I mean, it's one. It's one of the reasons 
why SmackDown on Tuesdays ended up, you know, failing. And, you know, and, I mean, if they, yeah, this is, this is such a uh, difficult thing to discern in, in these times, because you, you, you really just can't be sure. Like, if it was good, if it's going to move to Tuesdays, I would say try moving it to another network. Try moving it to ESPN. Hmm. That's an interesting one. I mean, think, think about it this way. Okay, they've got Raw on USA, Viacom, SmackDown on Fox, which is now... Which is now owned by Disney, uh, and yeah, I was gonna say ESPN. You get more of that Disney money. I don't know. So, if they do move Tuesdays, make it move to a new network. What's a Ukuleko? I must admit, I. I do like the flow of a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because it kind of gives the viewer a break. Because you got to think, Monday's already, what, three hours? And then you got Friday was two hours. And when NXT was an hour, I think it was good because it was short, sweet, to the point. And, and, you know... That's what most people looked forward to. They looked forward to the the shortest programming because it caught their attention span the most. Um, moving it to a Tuesday is it asking the audience to go back to back? That that tells me they must think NXT got pulled, and, and NXT does have its core base where most people are like, I don't even watch Raw and SmackDown. I just I'm just an NXT person. So it's it's not that. Um we we just gotta figure out what's the angle and what's the end game. Now with football coming back and the way that sports is so far blended because think about it, we got college football for, uh, college football, professional football, the NBA is still in playoffs right now. Usually the NBA is is done, and it only would take a, a L.A. Clippers-Lakers finals or conference finals to knock NXT out the boot or, or a Boston-Lakers NBA finals that they run on Tuesdays because that's how it usually goes. Um. So I I would be cautious with it, especially during this time, because a lot of the sports that, A, are usually over are still running, and they're running coinciding with other sports that are just beginning. So 
the audience have options now. And that's where it's dangerous. Because if they couldn't get it where they had no audience for that, what, March to about June time frame, I I think it's going to be more difficult for WWE even on a Tuesday because all it would take is the NBA running a game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals on ESPN because that ESPN is ESPN and ABC they usually run the Eastern Conference playoffs so that's why I'm like that could dip them in the behind or any of the ESPN um, college football contracts because they have games on Tuesday. And I'm betting you they're going to play those damn. They're going to play as much live sports as they can uh, just to get that revenue back for these colleges and universities. So that's where I think the struggle will be for WWE. Hell, even AEW, because, hell, once once live sports comes back and some of these places are going to have allow fans just to have that atmosphere, I think that's just going to change the game. Speaking of AEW, they drew uh, one million viewers uh, this um, last Wednesday with um, no competition from NXT. But, you know, I could make the argument, you know, All Out is essentially their WrestleMania to a degree. So, yeah, people wanted to see who won at the biggest paid preview. No different than the ratings from the Raw after WrestleMania. Right, Scooter? Um, honestly, I don't know if that applies as much as it was just being unopposed uh, and it being back on its regular night. Um, Because there is a trend with you know, with with TV shows that if they're, you know, they're not on for a week and then they come back at the same time slot, you're always going to see an increase in viewership because of the people that, you know, missed it at its regular time. Um, plus, you know, with... You got to wonder how many, you know... How many knew what had the you know, inside scoop on what was going to go down at all, uh, on Dynamite? It's it's uh, it's the exception, not the rule, to a degree. What's I don't think. Mean? Yeah, I don't think we'll see them hit a million two weeks in a row, if not for quite some time. I mean, I I get that point, but also just to me, it just goes to show that it was just crabs in a barrel, man. Honestly, 
and that's for NXT and WWE. They were fighting for the same audience. They weren't fighting to expand the audience. And that's why I thought it was a lose. It's a win for wrestling that we have more options to watch wrestling, but it's a lose for wrestling in the sense that we're not trying to expand the tent. We're just fighting for the same group of people. And that is where I was like, you know, it it don't even matter. Well, so. on that, that same episode of uh, AEW, we saw the debut of Mario. Miro. Miro. Miro, not Miro. Mario. Luigi? Miro. Oh, also yeah. formerly known as Rusev. God, they couldn't think of a better name than to go with the first half of his first name. No, I think that was his his call there. Ugh. Nero. Uh, Scooter, Span- Spanish, Spanish for I watch. No, uh. <laughs> I know. Miro. Miro. Miro, Miro mija. <laughs> Miro mija. Um... Oof. Oh God! The, at first, that bleached hair is a mistake. Like you know, I went blonde, you know, and like twelve something years ago. And people with naturally dark hair, there's a reason we don't do that anymore. Because it, it, God, he. It's like it was like that episode of uh, Fresh Prince, where Carlton accidentally dyes his hair, or or he dyes his hair for Halloween, and it just looked so awkward. Um, couple the fact with they are doing the exact same thing the WWE did with him. They're putting him with the all elite version of Aiden English. They're you mean making just him another British guy. <laughs> they're making him another, you know, someone's muscle. And nobody is going to mention the fact that he wore pajama bottoms in a Mickey and Minnie shirt. Uh, I mean. The least of his problems. Uh, I mean, though, I will say that I am wholly interested in seeing what he does in New Japan. Did he say he was going into New Japan? Yes. Uh, he, um, his contract is, will allow him to take New Japan dates uh, in Japan, but it won't allow him to take any USA uh, bookings. Well, that's so, so New Japan USA is out of the question. So basically the Moxley rule. Yes. Yeah. Which is going to be interesting, considering Moxley is supposed to be fighting Kenta 
for the chip and yeah <laughs> we're still still waiting on that one um it's coming it's coming soon i i don't think so i i i personally don't think so in, in the sense that until unless you the us gets off these travel <laughs> these being banned from traveling elsewhere I don't see it happening. And I, I would think Mox would have to relinquish the doll. I think that's where they're heading. At least that's where it seems and, they're heading. That, that makes, that's the only way it could go. But honestly, I think that would be better off because Kenta could get the belt without having a fight. He's already hated anyway, so that would just even put more heat on him. Um, they also... Uh... They also signed uh, Sarita Deeb. Oh, so the the WWE count goes to 27 now? I mean, it feels like uh, 2,700. It does. And, um, and if the and if the WWE jumps on I mean, if AEW jumps on uh, signing uh, for now now former WWE uh, staff writer Anthony Benino. Um, that will if they can if they can do that that would probably give them a a a much needed boost in the um. On the other side of things. As far as I know, AEW doesn't have writers. They got, yeah, they... I think they only got producers, right? Right. Then those producers are writers. Because somebody's... Yeah, do it. Do yeah, it. somebody's got somebody's got to get the flow of the show together. So yeah, get the point. yeah. So so, Calico, your thoughts on Mario and AEW? I mean, it is what it is. Hey, man, get your job. I ain't, I ain't mad at you. Um, I'm. I, I don't think. I think people. Some people get over. Over, what's the word? Overworked when a WWE guy gets signed. I, I think about what Scooter says, and it's to me more about how they use them. And that is my biggest gripe when they sign WWE guys. Because if you're going to sign a, a Rusev just to put them in a kind of a gimmick that he had with Aiden English, or if you have a Ty Dillinger and you have him do basically where is basically a lat move. So you can't sit there and tell me, Oh my God, Vince is so out of touch that he doesn't get it when they're basically lat moving to a different company and doing the same damn thing. What about Tanara Conti? She just signed with AEW, and the, her first match officially as a 
active comparator. They dropped her to Nyla Rose. Yeah, but her record was one in one on her. Uh, when? Yeah, Tanya Conti got cut off a long time ago. But I could see with Tanya Conti because Tanya Conti never really got traction in NXT. So that's one thing. But if you have someone who, and Rusev, keep in mind, he was supposed to have been slated champion before Jinder Mahal if he hadn't have fucked his ankle up. That's how high he was. And for him to sit there and say, oh, I'm um, this grass, brass ring and blah, 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 blah. And you go and you're doing the same thing. It, it, it doesn't compute to me. It doesn't compute to me. You know what I mean? What? It's like, it's like, as, as much as everyone sits there and shits on like how they're managed, people need to realize there's only so many people that could be at the top. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's rotating. It, it's not where this, it, and it's not a platform where, you know, how it used to be in the 80s where they had this one big star and, and that's it. WWE's trying to do it to where there's a gang of motherfuckers that are all on top and the brand itself is the is the is the top star. So that's where I feel like there's that disconnect. And then only for a- them to go to AEW and do the same thing when AEW needs to be focusing on getting their branding up versus trying to sign everybody and have them do the same role. It, it's, I mean, to me, it's kind of hypocritical. Right. And I'm sure by next week, the AEW, former WWE star count will be up to 30. Until then, we will finish up uh, with the I mean, 5,100. <laughs> We'll finish up with the news. And we are wrestling with AEW All Out. It was last Saturday. And, you know, this is essentially their WrestleMania of sorts. It's their biggest show. Um, still not at the size of a, of a WrestleMania, but what did you think of the show as a whole, Scooter? Um, on on the whole, I mean, it was a it was a it was a a, a decent show. Um, there was some some good matches. Actually, some great matches. Quite honestly. Um, again, I'm not, I'm I'm still not, you know, buying the fact that, you know, MJF can main event a pay-per-view. And I'm not, I'm not sure I ever will. Um, I mean, I kind of, like, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, based on the way it went, I mean, I mean, at this point, there, there's nobody that's a real danger to John Moxley. I, I mean, clearly, they're, they're going to, you know, put. Uh, yeah, Lance Archer, um, and but again, it's another AEW pay per view where it's almost where where it's the former WWE guys that that come out on top. And, and, yeah, they can't, they, they can't keep, you know, doing this and expecting not to be compared to them. So, as, just based on the matches, it was a good you know, just just under great show in terms of comparing it to, you know, the WWE. Maybe only a little bit of originality. All right. What What about you, Kalika? What was your thoughts on the show as a whole? The show as a whole was, I, I'll agree, it was decent, pretty good. But to me, it got marred by two of the dumbest decisions that they made in mm, and, yep. and, and part of fucking with people, uh, people's health. Because th- that in itself is, is a hypocritical move that they, you know, do as far as WWE. That Matt Hardy shit to me, overshadowed everything. The fact that he, they knew he was fucked up and they let him continue that match is oh, yeah. just a crime in itself. Because as much as, you know, WWE took heat on it with the Benoit shit, they kind of, like, took it to the extreme to where they overcorrected, but at least you could say that they were doing it on the side of safety. I don't know what the fuck... AEW was doing and allowing him to finish that match. Um, And to me, that overshadowed everything. The fact that you allowed that guy to continue to risk his life in that match, to me, overshadowed. I think... I mean, AEW is basically Mox's to lose. Uh, Who else... Uh, and the fun thing I have, I was talking about little brother because we always talk about these things, and he made a good statement, and it goes inside with what Scooter was saying. All of their male champions are former WWE guys. Yes. What the? What the? <laughs> what the fuck, bro? And like, the tag team champions. And and that's my point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All like all of their male, all the championships 
that are no. held other than than Sheeta, everyone's a former WWE. So that tells me, like, bro, you're you're basically you're no different than what TNA's doing. You're no different <laughs> than what you know what I mean? I'm in and as much as and I'm not knocking the show, the show overall was decent, but those were the things that overshadowed. I thought Thunder Rosa versus Sheeta was really, really good. Um MJF versus Mox to me, just the size, there was no way I, I could believe it. I mean, granted, I could say the same for WWE when they had Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, but at least Adam Cole was the champ, and you, you know, there, there was that dynamic there. Here, you're expecting me that guy, that guy who did like I told you, who didn't do shit to get this title shot, all of a sudden is going to be in the main event picture. Like, this is where I was, I hated with that wins and loss matter shit because you're telling, you're telling me that it matters, but your actions are telling me that it doesn't matter. And that's where I have a problem. The biggest problem with AEW is don't tell me wins and losses matter. And MJF only had like what, maybe a handful of matches, maybe under five matches, and yet he's the number one contender. Fuck out of here. Let's get into it. The first matchup was the tooth and nail match. Cedric Alexander's wife defeated Adam Cole's girlfriend. No, that's wifey. Oh, he's not gonna die. They're not married yet. Yeah. No, I think they are. Uh, no. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I actually really liked this match, even though Britt Baker lost yet again. I mean, if there was ever a match for her to win, I kind of felt like this was it. No, this was, this was definitely her match to lose. I mean... I mean... I mean, overlooking the fact that... Sorry, Sorry to interrupt, Scooter. They got um, married in 2018. They're married, motherfucker. Oh, well, Wikipedia oh. says they're just in a relationship. Says that they married since June 2018. Huh. Back to what you were saying, Scooter. But I digress. Go back to Scooter. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, no. Son, he's in a really, yeah, they're not married. Yeah, that's what they wasn't. See, that's weird, because I just got looked it up. They said they've been married since tw- uh, June 2018. Nope, it's, nope, it's, uh, uh, uh girlfriend. This is the weirdest shit. <laughs> um, but... Fuck AEW. Let's find out if they're married. For uh, I mean, <laughs> like it, everything, uh, everything I've uh, you know come up with is uh, girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. That's fucking nuts. Because I just um, looked up they're married and it says the couple's been married since 2018. That is nuts. Now we that now we got something we can sink our tickets. <laughs> yeah, but not to mention I just saw a picture of Adam Cole with his brother who looks friggin' identical. Um, <laughs> um, 
But anyways, back yeah, to the, the 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 fact that I gotta take issue with the fact that this match basically ended after after Britt was drugged with nitrous. Well, I mean, if you're ever gonna get drugged, in a doctor's office is the best place, right? Yeah, yeah, but in a wrestling, yeah, in a wrestling match, that's like the equivalent of you know somebody uh, pulling out a syringe and injecting someone, you know, and, and, and to me. But now I, I, I didn't see the match entirely. But did she start laughing? She did not. Yeah. So. So it wasn't nitrous. It was something even worse. <laughs> you, you, you get what I'm like hinting at? That's yeah. Murder. <laughs> yeah, all, almost just about attempted. Anyway, um. Well, I mean, Good Baker did start it. She did have a a drill. She was gonna drill her, drill into Big Swole. So. Yes, but uh, I mean, yeah, okay, okay. I mean, we've seen, we, but we've seen, you know, those kinds of things happen in, you know, wrestling with you know thumb thumbtacks and everything like that, and it's the actual use of I mean yeah it wasn't real but I just I don't like the fact that they went there when they could have probably done something you know something probably you know just as entertaining that that was you know just for shock Fair enough. And, yeah. What's say you, Coleco? Especially <sighs> that this was one of the first uh, cinematic matches AEW's done? Yeah, and they were doing that because, you know, Britt's still fucked up, so... And I, I think that was just a way for her to stay relevant, because, I mean, you could make an argument she's the biggest name in the division. <laughs> so... It, I, I see what they were trying to go there. Yeah, they were trying to go for the shock value. Uh, the story in itself uh, is kind of awkward to the point, like, <laughs> me, I don't know. I don't get why they were beefing. I, what, 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 what was the genesis of this? And that, to me... <laughs> prevented me from getting invested other than the fact that they'd suspended swole for damn kidnapping somebody I guess I, I guess you can like fuck somebody up and throw them all across the arena and damn near kill them but and damn near run over them with golf carts but you know you kidnap somebody and you get 30 days um, I, <laughs> yeah um, plus um, uh, Britt wasn't medically cleared. 
Well, that seems just about seemed just about the story of this pig preview, now, wasn't it? That being said, that, yeah, their whole their whole medical team needs to get fucking investigated. That that whole ethics and medical ethics and their ethics team need to get because it's like a bunch of shit and 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 I I don't get it I I just don't get I get it the show must go on but I'm always also like to what expense man this is what I keep saying like they could do all the flips and shit that they want but Undertaker's right bro you got to tell a story. People didn't like Bret Hart because, you know, he was the greatest prom- promo guy. He could wrestle and tell a fucking story in the ring. And that's where I think their AEW as a whole is kind of lacking. That brings us to our next match. The Young Bucks defeated Jurassic Express. This was our Next. Next. <laughs> next. You, did, did you really think that that was going to be ended any other way? Did no, you really? I, enjoy, I still enjoyed the match. I mean, I mean, the the young bucks, uh, you know, super kicking Alex Marquez on dynamite was better. Yeah, like them yeah. them turning heel this past Wednesday. What if that's a heel move? I mean, it's like they turn heel, and the 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 guy who we thought was going to turn heel eighteen years ago finally did. So I mean. Like I, I almost expected the young bucks and dynamite to say, "We just kick Stan." Lancho <laughs> won the casino battle royal. Good old yep. who? Yeah, here I was thinking, you know, AEW. One of the things AEW was doing right was. You using Eddie Kingston as, as this leader who was, you know, bringing, you know, two tag teams together to form, you know, his own, you know, army. And I, I really thought Eddie Kingston was, uh, you know, set you know, to be fast tracked, you know, into the main event picture. And I, it should not, it should not have been Lance Archer who won. It should have been Eddie Kingston. Imagine, now, imagine the story you could have built on an Eddie Kingston, John Moxley main event. Their history together in CCW. But you know, it, it's actually it, going on the tell. fact that AEW tells good stories. But, but see, here's the thing: when if it wouldn't necessarily be, I don't think it would be AEW in that case. I think Kingston and Moxley could really, you know, do their own, you know. Thing and know, knowing Moxley, he would he would probably really want to like he would probably 
tell his own story, do his own thing, have more control. And this is just like I just and, and I never liked Lance Archer, so I don't okay. think anybody did. <laughs> I mean, to me, cool it just sh- to me it just shows that they don't know how to build a a star like or a a a, a contender because think about it, you got he's the next contender. And he got it only because he won the Battle Royal, not because he was running through the damn division. And, and that is my the core of the issue. You can't sit there and tell me that that wins and losses matter and you're not building contenders. Uh, yeah, plus the fact that uh, he also lost a TNT championship match. One of the only matches I've seen him actually wrestle in. It's my point. So And there they go, just hot shotting motherfuckers to the chip because they don't know how to go, oh my god, this dude's been on a ten win sh-. the only person they did that with and and God bless her heart was Sheeta, because Sheeta just happened to be on this role and they were probably like, Oh shit, she's actually won a bunch. Let's make that a thing. But for the men's side, it's just like the wild, wild west out that bitch. Like, what the, what the fuck? I mean, yeah, uh, but, yeah, but, you know, uh, I mean, we got, uh, we got, you know, Matt Seidel making his, uh, AEW debut as the Joker. I, I'm still, I'm still confused as to why why the grouping of card suits even matters. Because it's supposed to be based. I thought that was like the double or nothing type thing. Because that's where it was. I think they're just throwing shit to the wall at this point when it comes to these matches. Like, why are and they speaking, called? And, and speaking of Matt Seidel, yeah, him and that shooting star press. Hope he's okay. Bless his heart. It's a bad night. A bad night for people named Matt. And and how many people you ain't lying. under contract named Matt? They could build an entire stable with people named with all the people named Matt in the company. And that brings us to the next match. Broken Wolves match. Matt Hardy defeated Sammy Guevara. Okay, so... Yeah. AEW's doc... I will say that Audrey Edwards, the referee, she did call off the match, uh, which was the right call to make, but the doctor restarted the match after, like, five minutes. If it was that. Scooter, you... I'm sure you've, you, you've wrestled before. I'm sure you've seen this this kind of thing happen before. Y- yes, actually. In fact, I... Uh, in fact, I saw it... Um, back with... Uh, with Pat Buck. Um, because... 
he was a trainer at the time, and he was a heel, but he wanted to be a face, and he, and it was a it was it was a you know a fake uh, thing. He wanted, so his match ended prematurely when he was you know injured, and he came out to like apologize to the crowd, and boom, he was a face. Yeah. Um. Um. As for, you know, you know, seeing, like, legit actual, like, endings, it's, um, like this, yes, injuries. Luckily, I'm glad to say, uh, I didn't see any occur. You know, during my uh, my career, um, but the fact that they they didn't pan away, they left them. They left it there, like have at least some decency to, you know, have a, you know, a backup plan, go to somebody, like, and, and then come back to it. Don't, especially, you know, your pay-per-view viewers who are paying money for this, make them feel like they're, you know, wasting their money over you know a, a you know a legitimate like incident like that and you know this you know this brings up you know the you know the Owen Hart incident yeah you're going where, into you're going you know, into where, where you know at least the WWE had the Good graces and common decency to, you know, pan away from, you know, what was a potential tragedy. This would have been, we could have seen, this could have been so much worse. They got so lucky that Matt didn't end up. Paralyzed or even dead, and it's there's nothing elite about a man being rendered unconscious legitimately the hard way. And allowing him to continue the match. I don't give a crap if he says he's he's he wants to continue. He's not in the right frame of mind at that point. You stop the damn match, and you explain what's going on. You don't you don't put it into the story. Do you think that? This will this happen because AEW is inexperienced in this in this, in this that 
that's probably a a lot of it. It's my I mean, you would think with some of the people they have that they would know better. Well, let me ask you I this. Mean, do you think that they're going to learn from this mistake, or do you think they're going to continue to repeat it? God, I hope they learn from it. I mean, you could also compare this technically to the... Yeah, to the uh, Owen Hart Steve Austin match from you know, from SummerSlam '97, yeah, with the with the stinger, and they just ended the match. Like they could have just actually counted Matt out. Oh, absolutely! Like, like, I mean, like and just done it. I mean, oh, it was Lucha that, leaves. If Matt loses, he leaves AEW. Well, he would have had yeah. to left anyway for injury. You could yeah. run him back into the storyline. Yeah, and but you could eventually, like you, know, you could probably you know explain that there's a clause in the contract that you know that you know. He, you know, that that since he didn't have the ability to get up, he, you know, it's all about. But it's it it, it was a, a, a to, to quote to using a nice new word, a fluster clock. Oh, huh. that's a nice new word. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think we could. Uh... We could debate this of what they could have done all night. Uh, it's not going to change the fact that they let what happened happen. And yeah. I definitely think a lot of... If people didn't have a new view on AEW after that match, they really need to open their eyes. And, and, it's, and it's compounded by the fact that People are starting to understand how head injuries are now because of the NFL and because of, you know, the head collisions and the the long-term symptoms from them. You would think that there was someone that would have known better. And, yeah, they could have did it a million ways. It could have been like, yo, I lost, but you didn't pin me. Like the the if I lost, the loss was either by pinfall or submission. Duh, <laughs> duh. That, was, that that was your yeah. out. And then also, if the ref stops it, it makes the ref look weak because you're sitting there telling me the ref don't. But her decision a, ain't final. It was it it was a last man standing though. There was no pinfall or submission. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say, but even with that though, even with that, even with the the ref calling it off, it, it, they overrid her. So how can I take her seriously as a ref in any other matches? That's actually a really good point. Yeah. Be- because of the simple fact that yo, you're, is I-, I can't take your decision 
to heart because I see motherfuckers override it. Override it. Uh, and the referees are supposed to be, you know, the the ones that are really keeping the tr- you know keeping track out there. You know, it's it, this is probably one of the things, if not the most, that that fans really don't understand or tend to forget is how much the referees are actually doing. Uh, they're, they're the magician's assistant. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, direct, you know, the, the, you know, the wrestlers are directing you one way, but the referee is the one really making sure that, you know, everything, you know, is, you know, flows correctly. Correct. All right. Our next matchup is the AEW Women's World Championship match. Akira Sita defeated Thunder Rosa to retain the the championship. Uh, hands down, one of the best women's matches in AEW history. What say yep. you, Kaliko? Uh, that was the best women's match in <laughs> AEW history. Let's just, and it had to come from somebody and an outsider. Um, uh, to me, I mean, she is going to run, she's the division, and I'm assuming, I would hope that this would be something where they could do a work with AEW, or NWA, because NWA, um, they have a okay roster. I mean, I could see a, a Sienna or Allison K beating the brakes off Sheeta, like straight up. Um, but it just depends on how much AEW loves Sheeta because Sheeta got that Instagram following, so it's like a cult at this point. But I mean, where where does Sheeta go from here? Who's the next? challenger because she's essentially by her rising to the division she wiped the division right so that's where my question would be for her like what's next i suppose she could fight the chick that needs to find jesus (laughs) uh i i think they would bring in more talent to fight her i think uh, styles make the fights, and I think someone of a uh, Allison K build who is uh, m- a much bigger woman than she is would would be a good a good uh, a good matchup. Just me personally, uh, but they need to they need to get that division up ASAP because it, it's it's DOA, bro. That thing's DOA. Anything you want to add to that, Scooter? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely, yes. This was the best women's match AEW has ever produced. Um, I I feel with with, uh, Thunder Rosa um, being mentioned that um, NWA's got, uh, along with the United uh, Wrestling Network, and uh, just released the card for their uh, primetime pay-per-view. 
uh, with uh, yeah, Nick Aldis and Mike Bennett uh, in the main event. Uh, however, Thunder Rosa not booked for this show, but um, that is a crime. But yes, nothing more to say than this is and probably will be the best women's match AEW will ever produce. And I think that was probably the best match on that fucking card. I definitely agree with that. And uh, Dunder Rosa, friend of the show, if Dunder Rosa, you will always be invited to come on Wrestling With Entertainment if you ever need to speak your mind. And we will get to our next match. Dustin Rhodes, Scorpio Sky, Matt, there you go, Matt Cardona, and QT Marshall with Brandy Rhodes and Ali defeated Mr. Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Stu Grayson, and Evil Uno with Anna J. Any comments from anybody? Poor Anna J. That's all I'm going to say. Poor Anna J. She, this is her big break, and now she's stuck with Jobber Incorporated. <laughs> and, and like, you know, I yeah, just, just, uh, I mean, <sighs> how can you take the Dark Order seriously? Like, seriously. Because the way that they're being booked, it's like, on again, off again, on again, off again, on again, off again, on again, off again. Dark Order loses. Brody Lee gets mad, yet he doesn't kick anybody out. So it's on again, off again, on. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. what the fuck? I mean, you know, maybe a win here for the Dark Order would have kind of strengthened the fact that, you know, maybe they're dangerous, but, you know. When has w- AEW done anything that kind of made sense? Especially on this pay-per-view. With Sheeta and Thunder Rosa, that was probably the only ace in the hole they had. <laughs> and I bet somebody that was, and I bet somebody that was a producer was like, "Leave that fucking match alone. You do not touch this fucking match." AEW World Tag Team Championship match, FTR with Tully Blanchard defeated Kenny Omega and Hangman Page to win the titles. WWE guys with Tag Team Gold. This was not a good match by any means. Uh, Scooter, your thoughts? And it went 30 minutes, man. <laughs> like... You know, everybody talk about you know, uh, the revival or the brain busters, you know, and it just made me want to bust my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it took 30 minutes for something. The only thing I hate about it is it took 30 minutes for something that should have happened eight months ago. What exactly happened in 30 minutes? Because it certainly wasn't a hangman... Or Kenny Tron. I mean, it basically was just the genesis of Brett. Because they've been fucking flirting it forever. And everyone kind of saw it coming. And they thought it was going to come months ago. But especially after the Young Bucks match. That's when everybody thought it was going to pop off. 
But, but it just kept going and going and going and going. You know, part of me really wonders if this is, and I doubt AEW is smart enough to even do this, if this is actually leading up to something of like a New World Order type thing. Where, you know, where, you know, the man who was supposed to be, you know, it, you know, Kenny Omega, you know, is, to me, the, the equivalent of, you know, John Cena in terms of what he's supposed to be in terms of AEW popularity. He's supposed he's supposed to be the name you associate with the you know with AEW. And part of me wonders if this is building to something where Kenny decides he wants to take all the WWE guys and put them into one faction. That would be pretty cool. And then that's when you have the AEW guys win. But that's never going to happen. So. Uh, I, I see where you're going. But my thing is, I think that this would be, I think this loss is to set up Kenny to actually have a, a, a singles run. And this is the reason why, because we've all seen Kenny Omega, but we've not seen the cleaner. Right. It's just been Kenny Omega. And, and the one thing that we thought we were going to see when AEW started was the cleaner, the bout machine, the 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 guy that has all these crazy matches, and it really, or these great matches, and it really hasn't manifested itself. Uh, be it whether he choosing to let others get their shine, or be it they are basically holding on to it. But this, if there were any moment for a contender to pop up. This has to be it. Because they ain't got no male contenders for the heavyweight title. And it just feels like Moxley sitting on the hill with a bunch of people, like, just reaching. Like, eh, eh. But in as much as you have all these contenders, you don't really believe that they're going to beat Mox. Omega is the only person where you could actually say, hey, he could actually win. That's true. And that will bring us to the next match. Ernst Cassidy defeated Chris Jericho in a Mimosa Mayhem match. He won by the way of drawing Chris Jericho into a vat of Mimosa. All that champagne and orange juice wasted. Also, 
AEW. It tastes like giving Mox now. AEW giving him giving Mox that CM Punk 2011 treatment. Uh, <laughs> being the champion, not main eventing. Kind of peculiar. Wait, wait, no, that was the last match. Yeah, Mox did main event. MJF main evented. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> now, I would, I will say that I would. I thought that with the fact that it was MJF, that Orange, Cassidy, and Chris Jericho would, in fact, be the main event. Hmm. Um, that would only really devalue the main of uh, Moxley and MJF at that point, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it's a it's a lose lose, you know, in this situation. I mean, yeah, Orange Cat like like Orange Cassidy in a main in a pay per view main event. That's that's friggin' news for for AEW. That that gets people. Paying attention. Are you saying this should have been the main event? At this point, I'm probably saying yes because mm. you have, you know, Orange Cassidy, you know, somebody, you know, a talent that most fans, unless they were hardcore fans, wouldn't have batted an eye at going over the most decorated superstar in all of pro wrestling. Not not for the first time, but for the second time. Now when that's when wins should matter. Like and it's just like and oh and yeah, Orange Cassidy. I I feel safe in saying that if there were more fa- if there were actual fans, and this was in an actual you know you know venue or arena, that more people fans would have would would have popped for. Orange Cassidy's victory than Mox's victory. I would agree with you, Dale. You know, he's slowly becoming a name that you could pop into a supermarket and people would know who he is. Yeah, it's like there, you know, it's almost like we're seeing the rise of several almost Kofi Kingston types. Hmm. Well, I mean, the match wasn't bad. I just might be a little spoiled on the fact that Jericho lost, maybe because I'm just a Jericho guy. I mean, also, this is like, yeah, it's also the male equivalent of friggin', you know, know, those pudding matches, gravy matches from, (laughs) you know, the Attitude Era in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. That's really what this is. 
I mean, still though, it's a spectacular moment for AEW in this case. And because of placement, they can't get the maximum effect this would have had if this was just placed in the main event one match later. Right. Anything you want to add, Kaliko? I could, I could see Scooter's point with where it's uh, um, especially getting over on the, the, the series or over the program of a Chris Jericho. But the bigger question would be now is where does Orange Cassidy go from here and where does Jericho go? Well, Jericho's going into the tag division with Jake Hager. I mean, he, he could, he could, uh, I mean, he could always, uh, you know, if uh, you know, Kevin Smith needs him to play a Klansman again. <laughs> or he could hold a rally or a concert in Sturgis. And but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but, but, Another question is, how are they going to maximize this Orange Cassidy win? Because as much as we liked it, I mean, they might fuck around and give him a title shot at this point because they don't give anybody title shots. Uh, but to me, where does it go? What, that, to me, that was Orange Cassidy's highest moment. It's not going to get higher than that. You might be right about that. And that's where it's like, yeah, he's there, but now he needs to get to the next level. And and I apologize for interrupting, again. I'm going to add on no, to that. No, no, um, no, that's actually accurate. That, Go ahead. Where that was where where we would have to see Orange Cassidy start to evolve. So he's got to start to change. He's got to be more than the guy who could do moves with hands in his pockets. And this is, this was, this is the perfect jumping off point for that. If he actually started talking after the match. Yeah, like, it's almost as if he's got a gimmick where he doesn't realize how much potential he has. Exactly, and I just feel like if Jericho didn't make him have to dig deeper in himself to change himself for the long haul, who is going to be that guy for him? Right. Well, that brings us to our main event, AEW World Championship match. John Moxley defeated MJF with Warlow to retain the... AEW title. You know, I mean, this could have been a really good match for for MJF to kind of shine, and I kind of felt like it felt under that. Like, I mean, they gave him the opportunity to have a great match, and I don't feel like he kind of delivered. What say you, Scooter? Yeah, he didn't. End of story. (laughs) 
because because MJF, as much as everyone kept saying he's the guy, he's the guy where he's good to talk and get his ass kicked in the end. He's not the guy to where you actually believe he could come out on top by himself or on pure sheen wrestling. That's why the story went the way it went of him trying to basically not beat Moxley straight up, just basically breaking every rule to try to get the pin, get a quick pin and get a cheap one. So that's where I feel like he's limited as well, because as much as everyone is on his coattails and he's the flavor of the month over there at AEW, I mean, Baskin Robbins, I mean, AEW, (laughs) that's the limitation of it. It's like, yeah, you could talk somebody it's like what Bruce Pritchard say. You could talk and look good, but then the bell rings. And that's where it matters the most. To me, I think his highest his highest match was basically beating Cody, and he really didn't beat Cody. It was basically a bunch of bullshit that happened for him to get the win on Cody. As as rightfully so to make him, you know seem more credible but people took that that win and went oh my god this guy could be the champion and that is where I got lost in it because he did nothing to deserve the shot in the first place right sorry not sorry so I agree with Scooter on that shit like Bro, he's good at talking and getting people pissed, but eventually you're going to have to wrestle and settle in in the ring, and that's where it's like, you got to come with it. You got to come with it. It's like the opposite of Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan couldn't really talk, but he'll wrestle your ass off. MJF could talk his ass off. Not really good in the ring. <laughs> uh, let's finish this on a good note. Scooter, best match of the night. Yeah, uh, Sheeta and Rosa. Kaliko. Sheeta Rosa, hands not even close. Not even fucking close. Yeah. Uh, mine's Sheeta and Rosa, too. And that will conclude our coverage of AEW All Out. And that will be our show for tonight. If you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, and comment both on YouTube and CastBox. Uh, please join us this Wednesday during Dynamite for Coleco's expedition into a supermarket to find one soul that knows who Darby Allen is. Yeah, let, let us pray. until then you can join the conversation on twitter i am at jamesj993 where can they find calico i am calico yep that's me (laughs) you don't have to be so somber about it well i'm somber just because of that we were just spending an hour talking about that show, and it was really just one, one glaring, big bright light in a sea of darkness. <laughs> Damn, 
Coleco is is in a dark place because of AEW. Thank you, AEW. I mean, eh. I mean that and house hunting. It's a fucking bitch. But that's <laughs> see, you have to sneak up on the house and then shoot it. See, that's the problem. Everybody got these low ass interest rates, so the more, therefore, the mortgages are low, and everybody's like. <laughs> Fucking Oprah in here. You get a loan. You get a loan. You... That's where it fucks it up. But, I mean, if I'm taking it out on AEW, I'm sorry. And... <laughs> Not sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> and where can they find Scooter Dust? At, you can always find me at Scooter Dust and at UNBS Wrestling. Yeah, the, the remix is coming back soon. Am I cool? Yeah, 9-28-20, the remix. We're oh. going back. We're going back to basics. Oh. And, and hopefully it's, it's going to be the remix in a new and inventive way. I mean, hopefully I can get in the dome and chat on Discord at the same time. <laughs> that was pissing me off, yo, because I kept trying to do it. It wouldn't let me. It wouldn't let me. I was trying, bro. I was trying. Well, I mean, they wouldn't yeah, even let Scooter smoke on, on Dunder Dome. Yeah, so I, I don't yeah know by, I... by habit, I picked up my cigar just for like a second. And immediately I hear in my ear, there is no smoke here vaping a lot of any kind. If we do see it, we will ban you. Damn. Yeah, I can't, ima- I can't imagine that you wouldn't get banned for talking to us, Coleco. <laughs> no, I, it was just more of technical issues of me yeah, trying because, to set it up. Because <laughs> it's gonna la- it lags anytime you you have something else um, that uses... Uh, Media that uses the ba- media and bandwidth. Yep. yep, and that's where I. W- that was my biggest issue. I was trying my ass off, boy. That that's why I'm considering getting a second cheap machine. I might just get a second laptop. <laughs> Fuck it. And for Fuck it. Coleco yachts, Mitch Mayhem, who has gone missing once again. and Scooter... He's in Rapungi Vice. You know where he's at. Yeah. And... Well, I don't care. <laughs> and Scooter Dust. I'm James J. And this has been Wrestling With... Entertainment.